Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Bears and Izzy for breakfast. We are the 19th of October this morning. Um, plenty to talk about. Well, Ma Nonu came on the show is. We had Foxy. We talked to the Warriors support member, um, Noel Green. And you gave, well, a, a really impassioned and, and emotional tribute to Sean Wainui, mate. So it's been a morning full of emotion. But look, I'm really proud of you, bro, because that, that was pretty special words. Thank you. Thanks, Louis. Yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool morning, and uh, you know, obviously uh, a sad day yesterday with the passing of Sean Wainui. So just reflected on his life, and uh, there's been a lot of tributes from not only myself but many, many people out there. We just feel on the Bears and as for breakfast show for his whanau, Paige, uh, Kawaraki, and Arahia, his uh, his little daughter and son, which is a special time. But anyway, um, yeah, it was great to give him a wee tribute. Um, this morning on the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. But we also had Ma'a Nonu on the show. And if you know Ma'a like myself, <laughs> you know he's a character, he's a joker, and he's always going to have the last laugh. And if you go listen to the podcast, you'll see he had the last laugh. If you don't understand, make sure you hear, to, uh, hear that podcast about what I'm going on about. He is random as they come. But he also spoke about Wayne Smith and why Wayne Smith, how much, why he credits Wayne Smith to his successful career. Over 100 tests for the Mighty All Blacks. So it was good to chat to him. Charlotte Dunker talking the EPL. My man, you side, terrible against Leicester City. 4-2 and, wow, Tottenham Hotspurs beating Newcastle. So Baz will be up and about today. And uh, we also spoke to Ryan Fox. Ryan Fox tied fourth at the Andalusia Masters in Spain. He is back soon in the MIQ spot. He's got one more tournament. His job is safe for next year. And he spoke about coming back to New Zealand. Golf Open, and that is by far his favourite tournament in the calendar year. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Ma'a Nonu, the one and only Ma'a Nonu. One and only Ma'a Nonu, who is a hard man to track down, hard man to get to do anything. I was hounding him, hounding him for days and days. And then he messaged me yesterday, late morning, and he said, I'll do it for you, my brother. I thought for you, my brother, he doesn't do many things on the interview front, but he's come along and he's helped me out big time, and I really, really appreciate my bro 
He's a test centurion, one of the most dominant second five eights to ever play the game, and now he's a Heartland Championship game winner. One game, one win for East Coast. The goat on the horse, Ma'a Nonu, is with us on the line. Good morning, Ma. Morning, bro. How are you? I'm good, Skux. I'm good. How you doing, bro? Yeah, not too bad. Hey, hey. Good, man. You're going to give me better than two-word answers, aren't you? <laughs> I know your games. I've been there in interviews with you. You've really opened up right here. How's the body you, after you 20 minutes? To, uh, you you got to ask a, a, a good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Skux. Here we go. 20 minutes. He played 20 minutes in that last game. How's the body after yeah. that little run around and... How was the experience when you were playing in the East Coast? What was it like for you, bud? Yeah, no, the body was good. Um, I didn't do much. I mean, the boys uh, started up for the game, and I thought they played outstanding in the first half and then carried on the second half. So having me, Jose, and uh, Fafa went on last 20, and uh, no, it was a good experience. First time we played up in Rotoria. I experienced the uh, passionate people up there, but, man, it's, a, it's probably one of the best places I've ever played. Yeah. It looked good. It looked good. I was, I was watching it on uh, the East Coast Facebook page and just seeing the crowds and the excitement, the kids, mate. I know you got right amongst it. How did it come about? How did it come about? I know you presented the jerseys to the East Coast squad, and uh, you know you left a wee thing in, in Jose's voice saying you, you'd be keen to have a run around. But what made you make that decision to go actually put the jersey on it and play? I think it was more in terms of helping Jose really. Um, you know, he's he's a great mate that I've known for a long time and I've spent a long time with him in the Hurricanes jersey and in the Lions. I guess he's doing good things up there and um you know, they I went and I was grateful enough for him to ask me to present the jerseys. Um, other than that I didn't know about their um uh, losing streak, so um, you know. Jose could play another five years, so it came about that. You know, I had the opportunity to play, but I said he needs to put the boots on as well. So, uh, no, it was great to, to put on the jersey with Jose as well. And uh, the experience, mate, what were the lads like? Were they were they pretty pumped? And, and did you be able to share some experience with the with the boys? And, and like you spoke about, they, they were actually tra- trajecting in, in the right direction. I thought they'd be playing outstanding for most of the season. Like you said, when you come on, you're already winning 43-10. So the squad they've got there, they've got some good depth, some good uh, talent running around on the coast. Yeah, I think, man, you've got to give it to the Heartland Championship, especially all the players across the board, because yeah. uh, they they all work. And in terms of um, how they they play, I mean, you know, some some of them do it hard in terms of, because they, you know, as Jose was saying, some of them work on the Saturday and then they, they, they turn up uh, to play for their, their promises. So, um, and Royal Tour is not, not an easy place to get to and they're all spread out uh, up there and, and there's a talk to a few guys and, and some of them live up at next Bay which is just right on the East Cape um, and they're just so committed and uh, uh, they, they turn it on and I mean I, I, I'm, I was blessed enough to, uh, to play with those players and I mean they were, they were inspiring me in terms of what they give up and um, what they play for. Yeah, nice, bro. Nice. I love that. Love that from you, Skucks, mate. Um, what was it like afterwards? What was it like uh, after the final whistle? Whistle eight eight years since they won a game, mate. Was it pretty uh, pretty exciting in, in the East Coast? Where they partying hard, they get right into it. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was a good night. Uh, 
think it was more uh, a sense of relief because you know they, they, they've got the belief, and mm. you know so anything can happen in, in games as well. So they've, they've come up short, and in terms of uh, this season, you know they've had a great start in most of the matches, and um, I think on the weekend, you know they, they just put it all together. Uh, after the game, it was just something I've never experienced before. Uh, the locals were just so welcoming, and because um, it was a club day as well, all the clubs yeah. were just parked up right around the field, and uh, you know all the kids were running onto the field, and then uh, all the kids on the horses as well. So uh, that's an experience I'll, I'll never forget. <laughs> Who made you get on the horse, bro? That was the best photo of the weekend. The best photo, seeing you on the horse and really embracing it. Who made you get on there? Um, one of the players um, is a flanker. He's got dudes as well, Jack. He's, uh, man, he, he, he was riding the horses before the game into the, in, into the park with most of his other, uh, most of the other kids. So, I mean, after the game, he's like, mate, hey. jump on. Oh, I was hesitant at start because, um, you know, had really jumped on the horse. But, um, no, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good, bro. I love it. I love seeing you embrace the coast way, bro, and, and, and enjoying it. Um, but, you know, you've obviously played that game. What, what are you up to now? How's the family? And, and what are you getting up to now? You've, you've kind of finished. You've slowing down on the playing age, playing ways. And what are you, what are you getting up to now, bud? Um, I'm not slowing down. Um, I just don't think they're really telling on what I'm doing. Um, no, the family's good. You know, the boys are growing. I, I have three boys, and um, yeah. my oldest is starting college next year. So um, he, he had a basketball tournament on the weekend. So, um, you know, I, I miss those games in Kelly. But the younger two are, are growing fast. My, my wife, Andrew, as well. So, um, no, we, we good, bro. We, we, <coughs> I was in France. Uh, since last October, and I got back home in the end of June, so did the MIQ. But uh, you know, a few, few things on the go, and um, yeah. you know, I'm still training. And uh, yeah, nice. I, I, mate, I've I've spoken about you quite a few times before. How the ultimate athlete you are! You put so much um, time and effort into your body. You've got a real rugby knowledge, a real rugby brain. Is that something you're keen to do to to give back to the next generation? Maybe get into a bit of coaching at high school level, or bit of bit of coaching. I know you've done um, Rungatai up in up in Oriental Rungatai and, and Wellington. Is that something you're keen to do? Bit of coaching. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's, it's more. I mean, I've I've helped out a bit over the years with mm. with, with our local club, and um, you know, these are the sevens program running at the moment with, with our club as well and um, you know I'm I'm trying to raise the boys with my wife in terms of um, you know their sports as well but I mean I, I'd love to um, in the future but it's, it's more about me being ready as a coach you know it's I, st- I think I still have to develop as a coach in terms of um, knowing what my purpose is as a coach I mean uh, there's a lot of great coaches out there in terms of who, who, who I've been coached by. Um, you know, they, they have humble beginnings. And there's, there has been some players who have been outstanding rugby players. It's all blacks, but, um, you know, had, had went down the coaching path yet, um, found it tough. So, 
um, you know, it's, it's all about getting everything aligned and uh, trying to develop as a coach. Um, you know, one, one person that comes to mind is, is, is Smitty, as you know. So, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's one coach that we all want to emulate. And, um, but, you know, along the way, he's, He's, he's had challenges as well. You know, I watched, um, there's a Sky documentary on him, and I watched it uh, when yeah. I got back from France, which was, which is an outstanding piece. And, um, you know, Smitty's so humble and uh, so honest that, you know, I learned a lot from playing. And, um, you know, coaching's not easy. That's what I'll say. I've got to ask a question last week about a coach that's inspired me, and I couldn't go past Smitty. Um, just how, you know, just what a rugby brain he was and someone that you really wanted to do well for and play well for. What, what did you love about Smitty and his coaching abilities, bud? Um, I think, you know, I was grateful enough that Smitty, you know, he put a lot of time uh, into me. Mm. And, you know, I, I met Smitty a long time ago. You know, I wasn't the, the real polished midfielder in terms of when I started and I started on the wing 2002, 2003 uh, went to centre yeah. um, you know I, I as everyone knew that I only had traits which were my running abilities uh, and in terms of that you know you, you, you're in the spotlight so much that uh, you have to keep getting better and I guess I had to learn on the go uh, you know the passing came in, and and then other things like defence in terms of uh, being a twelve, and, and obviously had to try and introduce the kicking game. So uh, I mean, you know, when you're in the black jersey, you, you have to really be the best in your position. And yeah. you know, I, I learned along the way playing in the early days for the Lions, you know, two thousand four, five. And, uh, you know, I used to get dropped from the All Blacks quite often, you know, and, and when I look back now, it's not really getting dropped, it's more about trying to get game time. So I I would normally go back to play for the Lions, and, you know, that's where, that's where you learn, you know, and in terms of that, it's, the system now, it's kind of different because they try and, they get the kids from the first of thing and then they try and fast track them into, uh, you know, the NPC minor 10 cup. Um, yeah, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you would actually go play for your local club. And that's what boosted up the club rugby, you know, around the country. And then you would get yeah. plucked from there. And then, I mean, from then on, you know, you'll get upgraded. So, uh, somebody worked with me when I got into the black jersey, um, in 2008, which, um, I wanted to stay in there. So, uh, you know, a few times at night, he would knock on my door at the hotel and just normally generally give me a piece of paper and say, you yeah, know, this is what you're doing really well, and but this is what you need to improve. So those are the times where, um, you know, I, I enjoyed because you, you had to dig deep and you had to work for it. As, as you would know, you know, we'll be on tour for a long time and spend a lot of time together, but you're not actually um, having a rest because, you know, all the boys know that uh, you're working the next day and you're working all through the night, looking after your body, doing homework, and, um, you know, there's a lot of competition in, in the camp as well. So 
and and that's healthy for, for and that's always been healthy for all backs because uh, you've got to be on your game and uh, yeah. you have to deserve your spot. And when you play on the Saturday, you have to deliver as well. Yeah, bro. Now I was lucky enough to be able to witness it firsthand and seeing the work you put in behind the scenes. There's no, it's no uh, magical formula to why you're so successful, mate. Um, mate, you wasn't pretty too bad yourself, is it? Uh, <laughs> you have to get off my no, feed mate. because they keep showing someone offloading in the semi-final. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I was just seeing your face everywhere. It was, <laughs> no, it's not, bro. Calm down, lucky. Hey, I could have made that and you, if I and you did you did you score two tries against France in the pool game? I think two tries. <laughs> shut was up, it? Shut up. That's, that's no, 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 you did. No. You did a step, and then you did a no, no. Um, kind of snake kind of thing. That? <laughs> oh, bro, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, honestly. I, um, and I when the All Blacks played there, and, and it was 100 years. No, 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 100 years of Springboks <laughs> and the All Blacks. We've got to give it to both nations. And uh, I think it's been outstanding, such a rich history. And again, they showed your try at the Westpac Stadium. Was that 2010? <laughs> was that from the 40-meter yeah, line? No, no, no. It was only from the 22. It was from the 22, Scott. Hey, um, you are the man. You played South Africa many a times. Hey, you played for... What are your memories from playing South Africa? We'll just touch on it before I let you go. No, I, I had a great memory against South Africa. Those, those were the teams. Well, South Africa was the team that um, you know we all wanted to play against because, um, as I said, such a rich history. But you, you you would never know you know what would happen in those games and uh, the amount of respect we had for the Springboks as well. Yeah, um, just great. Nice yeah. skucks, bro. Hey, um, I really appreciate your time, man. Um, you're you're a busy fellow. You are. Got, you are very welcome, Eddie. Yeah, mate. You're. I know. I've been hounding you, and I really appreciate. Okay, it. one one question. One question for you. One question, Eddie. So that cricket game. When is that? Is that in December or January? You know, the one against um, the Black Cats, is it? The uh, rugby, rugby team, team against the January. Black Yeah, January. 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 Oh, yeah. You keen? No, no, no. I'm just asking. So when do you guys? Where is the game? When do you go down and? Are you excited? That's in. <laughs> hey, I'm allowed to ask you a question too. <laughs> get off my, get off my show. Are you excited? Are you excited? Are you excited? No, I'm no, no. very Come excited, Skucks. I can't yeah, wait. When's the date? Because the I, I just want to, I just want to watch it. What is what's the date? <laughs> January twenty second, ma. January twenty second. Okay, excited? I know to, uh, you. Okay, what? Are you excited to play? <laughs> I can't, I can't wait. My, oh, I can't wait to don the boots. Well, no uh, one, no one has to... asked you questions on the show, so I'm sure the fans want to know. Are you excited to play? <laughs> I'm very excited, Ma. I can't wait. Can't wait. Thank I you. haven't watched many games of you playing cricket, but are you a bowler or all-rounder or you're better? <laughs> I'm a bowler. I'm a bowler. Get off. Okay. Get off. Oi. Get Already off. in the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. oh my god you got yeah get out of here thanks so much right, brother love you, you love you too bro see ya <laughs> oh my gosh oh. what's going on <laughs> he is mate that is ma'a that is the joker that is the joker so he set me up there so the best thing, ah, uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs>
is Matt Anonui. Matt Anonui, the one and only, he's a special human. Special <laughs> human. A lot of time for him. He's a menace, mate. He is absolutely... <laughs> run rings around you. That's quite incredible. Um, oh. That's an awesome chat, mate. I shouldn't be wary. I shouldn't be wary of my age. He just, just <laughs> does things differently. And you're just like, where's he going? Is he being serious here? Like, he'll just go from, you think he hates your guts, they're angry as you, then he loves you. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> If you missed the start of that chat, go listen. We're going to put that up as a podcast right now. It's, it was about three different versions of Ma there. It was perfect, though. And, and the stuff about Wayne Smith, I assume you were talking about in the middle, was that was um, yeah. really, really special. Anyway, we got to shoot off. We've got to shoot off and get back, and we'll talk about um, Sean Wainui and remember a bit of his life. But that was Ma Anonu, and that was fantastic stuff. Ma needs a permanent spot on double eight, double three. I completely agree. Anyway, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. My name's Sean Wainui. I love doing bombs. I love sweet reggae music. And I play a little bit of rugby. Cheers. Uh, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, yesterday when I woke up from a nap was the last thing I ever expected to hear. Another person known to m- so many um, gone too soon, Sean Wanui the Warrior. When I first met Sean we turned up for pre-season for the Crusaders back in 2016 and I noticed this baby-faced Māori boy with short straight hair. And when I say baby-faced that's because he was only 20 years old. I was like, who's this fella? wasn't too long before I was really impressed. I could tell from the get-go that this boy had a big heart and was a true warrior. Fitness testing, always leading. Work ethic of the greats gone by. He won me over from the start, but it was the field where I grew to love this man. Off the field where I grew to love this man. Softly spoken, a real Māori boy at heart. Proud of who he is and where he comes from. Till this day, he is a proud Māori boy from the coast. Always used to argue with on that training. Because my wife from Gizzy and I, my wife was from Gizzy and I had auto, automatic claim to be a coastie. And he would laugh at me saying, nah, my bro, you got to learn. Or well, that day in Perth when I went over for injury cover and we were roomies and we are jammed out to House Hashem in our room. Memories I'll cherish forever. We only shared the field a few times together before you got your calling. Chief's mana was on the horizon, and what a move it was for you. Centre at heart, but shifted to the wing because the reality is they needed to find a place for the try-scoring machine. Nothing electric, but what he lacked in speed, he made up for heart. Keep referring it to his head, a big ticker. Rugby aside, mate, there was only a small part of your life. You're our brother, you're our uncle. You are a husband, and most importantly, you are a father. Seeing the love you had for Paige, Arahia, and your boy Kawaraki made our heart full. They will be hurting so much. They'll have so much mamai. But I know the amount of people and love you have, they won't be alone. Until we meet again, Brother Shawnee. Kuahinga te tahi o nā rangatira o te ao Māori. O te ao a chief has fallen in the Māori world, in the rugby world, my heart and soul aches. 
Tears stream down for you, our brother Shawnee. Curtain has come. To farewell and go back to your ancestors. Back to the birthplace of our people. Kia On double eight, double three, we really do appreciate all your messages coming in. Um, Steph, Dylan, Costa, Wills, everybody that's messaged. Look, uh, yeah, we can't really say too much more, Izzy. That was beautiful, bro. So we'll park that for now, but we'll um, never ever forget Sean Wainui and his contribution to what he did to, of course, Māori Dum, just rugby culture, New Zealand. So we'll never forget. But um, thank you for your messages, and they really do mean a lot. So we appreciate that. But in the meantime, well, sport does continue. And one of those sports that continues will be the Premier League and, and football. So why don't we talk about it, a bit about it? Because we do have a game this evening. Um, we've got Crystal Palace and Arsenal playing. And that's uh, over in the Premier League. Uh, yesterday, Tottenham, well, they got a win over the new richest club in the league, Newcastle. I'm pretty sure Liverpool, wow, United fans might want to hear this, but Liverpool and Mo Salah, they really announced themselves as the powerhouse, in my opinion. Mo Salah, he's got to be right up there anyway. So the Premier League has returned. Um, Arsenal and Crystal Palace is coming away in a, what we would describe as a mid-table battle. But before then, we're going to catch up with Charlotte Dunker, who is the very well-respected Manchester United correspondent for Football News website Goal. Charlotte, how are you doing? Thanks so much for joining us, your time in the evening. Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We're doing really well. So it's good to have you on to talk some football. Um, we've got a we've got a game this evening, but your specialty and, and what you spend a lot of time doing is focusing on Manchester United. So yeah, that was a tough old watch against Leicester, wasn't it, Charlotte? Yeah, it wasn't the best at all, was it? I think if you everyone that has dissected it has said exactly the same thing that it was just one one of the worst performances you've probably seen under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You can kind of understand if they lose because every single team probably is going to lose once this season and if it was just the occasional defensive mistake which we've seen creeping in their game then you can kind of let it go but it was just the performance as a whole which was absolutely terrible which was probably the most concerning thing for them. 
Yeah, that's right. There's so much to focus on, but the overall performance, I guess, down here in New Zealand, Charlotte, we see headlines and we see Ronaldo and we think, oh, hunky-dory at Old Trafford. I know there isn't a lot of United fans down here that will know that's not quite the case, but there is a lot to work through here with this club, right? Yeah, of course, and Cristiano Ronaldo came back, and I'm sure you all saw the scenes when he made his second debut against Newcastle. The atmosphere in the stadium was absolutely unbelievable, and a player of his caliber and how good he is, he is gonna he's gonna lift the team. But with that comes expectations. I think you look at the signings they made before Ronaldo came back. They got Varane, they got Sancho, and the expectation really was now that having finished second last season, Manchester United needed to go on and they needed to properly challenge. Then comes in Ronaldo, and everyone's saying, "Oh, they can go and win it." But I think at the moment, what you're seeing is the problem that having him in the team and him being the focal point, the rest of the team seems to be a bit disjointed. So you saw what happened when he was dropped against Everton. Everyone was saying, "Why on earth haven't you started him?" So Solskjaer's kind of in this difficult situation where he's got these big name players, but at the moment they're not gelling as a team. It's just a team of very good individuals who don't seem to play that well together. Yeah, I don't envy Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's position at all because he, it is a tough pyramid when you when you stack it all up, isn't it? So who who wants Oli gone the most? Is it the fans, the media, or the players? I don't. I don't think the media have been that harsh on him. To be honest, I think there's not there's, in the media there's not that been much Oli out. I think after the Leicester game, more of us have been questioning where it is the United can go from here. Is he the right person to take them on? If you read social media, which I'm sure you do, there's a large oh, portion of TikTok, especially. Fans that are, <laughs> there are a lot of fans that are Ollie out. Are they the match going supporters that go every single week? I'm not too sure. There was still a lot of vocal backing for Solskjaer at Leicester at the weekend. Granted, it wasn't there at full time once they've been beaten, but they, they're still backing him. But I think you're just starting to see that turn now where even what you'd call the match the match going fans are starting to think where where are they going under this so it's going to be a tough few weeks for him especially when you look at the fixture list you look at the way they're playing if he doesn't pick up some big results and they're going to be really difficult games then it's going to become more and more not just with fans but obviously with media and everyone but from the club the the word from the club is that he is still being backed and I don't really expect that to change Interesting. All right. So so then to compound it for United fans, they just would have been absolutely grimacing watching Salah and Liverpool have an absolute field day against Watford. Are, are Liverpool kind of really starting to hit their straps and flex their muscles, do you feel? I think Liverpool obviously coming at the weekend, it couldn't be coming at a worse time, is it? You look well, you look at what Salah did against Watford. Nobody is stopping that. Not the best defenders in the world, the best goalkeeper in the world, but they can't stop him, can they? So He's a wizard. I think... Yeah, exactly. So even if United were on top form, coming up against someone in Salah's form, arguably he's the best player in the world right now, you could argue that. So coming up against someone like that, even if you're in top form, is going to be difficult. United are going to go into the game not in the, the best form that they're in at all, and they're going to have to pull off a result. So it's, it's a huge game, much bigger game for United than it is for Liverpool. Talk to me. Talk to us about Brighton here, Charlotte. We, <laughs> we look at the table, a few of the Premier League fans and football fans, they look at the table. Yeah, Chelsea, Liverpool United, Tottenham United. You know, it all kind of, a City United, it kind of makes sense. And then you get Brighton, smack bang in the middle, clinging on to that Champions League, Champions League spot. What's going on here? I mean, if you speak, if you ring me back at the end of the season and we'll talk about whether Brighton is still in the Champions <laughs> League spot. <laughs> 
I mean, it's been a great start of the season, seven. You can't take anything away from them, but I just think that one of the favourite old scenes is it's a um, marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? And I think when you come towards the end of the season, they're not going to be up there. They're, 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 if we're being honest, they're a mid-table side, aren't they? That's, and that's not being rude to them. I just think that, that that's that probably their limits. So I don't can't see them at the end of the season being qualifying for the Champions League. I may be very wrong, and I you can get me back on at the end of the season if they are up there. Who for? Don't worry, we roll on everything here, Charlotte. <laughs> everything is recorded and archived, so we'll we'll be able to dig dig it out. Hey, um, so so assuming that's right, and you probably are right, or you are the expert. So, does that mean a, a you know a Leicester or an Arsenal or Everton or someone we expect to come a little bit more good can slide up? Who are you looking at that's kind of hasn't had the season to start? They would want to expect to kind of put some uh, wins together here and move up the table. I think Leicester, like you just mentioned there, I think what you saw is that they've had a bad start to the season. They've um, been hit by difficult injuries, but the performance they put in against Manchester United, as bad as Manchester United were, Leicester were very good. And a lot of the talk was like, this is the Leicester we're used to seeing, the one that, the ones that can qualify for the Champions League, the one that should be fighting at the top of the table. So for me, I think they should, could use that performance as a catalyst to push them on now for the rest of the season. I definitely think, um, yeah, they're the ones that can go on and prove the most after the start they've had, with players coming back as well. That should help them. All right, one to leave you with them. We've got we've got Newcastle, right? And we know about their high-profile purchase. They're now owned by what is it, Saudi Arabian yeah. Kingdom, is it? And they are they're still smack-bang in relegation zone. How disastrous. And is it even possible that they could be relegated after this um, this purchase? Imagine they could become the richest club in the championship, never mind the <laughs> Premier League. Um, but yeah, of course it's possible that they could get relegated, but I think everyone knows the writings on the wall for Steve Bruce. It depends who they bring in to replace him. I doubt they're going to get relegated because not only will they bring in a new manager, but they're going to have a lot of money to spend in the January transfer window. If they get the right manager in and they can buy a couple of players, I'm sure that the tide will change up there for them. I don't, I don't think they'll get relegated, but anything is possible just because they've had this massive change of ownership and what we expect to be a big influx of money. That, that's not all you need. You need everything to work for you on the pitch. So it'll be interesting to see, but I definitely don't think that the owners have bought it thinking that they would be a championship club. So they'll want them to stay up, definitely. No, they like to succeed, don't they? They like cash at least, yeah. and that kind of comes hand in hand. Charlotte, <laughs> thank you. You've been fantastic. We'll have to catch up again, regardless whether you're right or wrong. We'll have you back on, do good work for the <laughs> goal, and, and, yeah, we'll get you back at some stage. Have a great evening. Well, you too. Thank you. No worries. Here you go. That's Charlotte Dunker out of goal. You hit the football news website. You can go and have a look at her on Twitter. She does very, very good work covering Manchester United and the wider league. There's plenty of texts here on double eight, double three. Again, we really appreciate all your kind messages to Sean Wainui and uh, regarding Izzy's very, very special words. Foxy's over in the Europe. He's over in Europe after a pretty successful T4 at Andalusia Masters in Spain. And wow. After a long and at times frustrating year, our leading Kiwi men's golfer, Ryan Fox, got some much-deserved reward over the weekend. Now being a very hard-earned, tied fourth at the Andalusia Masters in Spain on the European Tour. It's been a strange time for Kiwis competing internationally this year, so it's great to see Foxy get a result after pouring so much in. He's on the line now. G'day, Foxy. Morning, Eddie. How you doing? I'm doing really well, mate. How are you doing? 
Oh, I can't complain. I'm uh, standing on a balcony overlooking the water in Mallorca at the moment, so life could be worse. Any fish about, mate? I know you're a keen fisherman. You got the rod handy? You ready to get in there or what? I, I, I don't have the rod handy, but I'm actually looking at a guy with a headlamp on fishing right now. So if he catches something <laughs> in the next 20 minutes or so, I might be a bit jealous of that. <laughs> nice, mate. Hey, it's good to see you getting some success as well, mate. I'm tied fourth at the Andalusia Masters. What clicked for you, bud? Uh, I, I guess for me, it feels like it's been coming for a while, to be honest. Yeah, it's the uh, Every part of my game's been good the last sort of eight to eight to 12 weeks without it being good without every part of it being good at the same time um so you know this is the week or last week was the week where it kind of felt like everything came together i did everything well um and in terms of stats we use the shots game thing and i gained shots on the field in every part of my game short game putting driving and iron place so you know, that shows that everything was in a pretty good place. And, um, you know, I guess the, the saying is better late than never. Even, you know, even with one event to go on the season this week, it was, you know, nice to nice to put a decent result together last week on a on a pretty brutal golf course. Yeah, we've got to talk about the golf course. It was a uh, six under, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick winning in the end and, and not not high scoring. What was it about the uh, the, the golf course uh, that was so tough? Valdemar, Valderrama course, Valderrama. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of known over here as the Augusta of Europe. Um, ah. It's pretty prestigious. It is exceptionally narrow. Uh, there's cork trees everywhere. There's plenty of holes on the golf course where you can be in the middle of the fairway and have a tree in your way, um, which takes a little bit to get used to. It can be a pretty frustrating golf course like that. Uh, there's lots of elevation change. Uh, really small, really fast, really slopey greens. So you can... Uh, put yourself in some pretty ugly positions on and around the green. And, uh, yeah, it's, it just tests every part of your game. And, you know, they get it nice and firm and fast for us. I think they've got that, that sub-air system on the green. So no matter what the weather, they can dry them out and get them running super fast and super firm. And that's what they did to us over the week. And, you know, plus we had a, a little bit of wind on Thursday. And, and a well, we had a lot of wind on Thursday and a little bit of wind on Saturday. So that, that killed the scoring. But it's... Uh, that's sort of one of those weeks where you know if you shoot under par, even if conditions are perfect, um, you're going to have a de- it's a decent round of golf. And if you can be under par for the week, you're going to have a decent result, which you know I managed to do quite nicely last week. So, what does this performance do for you? Uh, you got one more perform- uh, one more competition round before the end of the season, and then hopefully we'll touch on that soon. You coming home and getting into some MIQ spot situation. I know it's been a struggle. With that, and, and do you reckon that was a big factor, not not having that uncertainty um, leading into the end of the year, not knowing what was happening? Uh, was that a big factor with, with your performances, you feel? Yeah, I think that this year's been the toughest I've had off the golf course by a long way. Um, yeah, and for, for a few reasons, obviously, the, you know, the MIQ situation um, and, you know, not not having any certainty, you know, literally leaving leaving home and not knowing if or, if or when you can get back. Um, yeah. You know, and then, you know, throw in having, you know, having a little one this year, you know, that's made everything a little bit tougher and, you know, made some of the decision-making harder. And, um, you know, also yeah. the tour was you know, probably quite bullish earlier in the year, you know, basically saying everything was back to normal for, for us. You know, we were 
back to trying to keep a job, we had to, uh, you know, almost forced to travel where, um, you know, personally for me, and I know a few of the other guys based in the Southern Hemisphere, um, you know, travel was almost harder at the start of this year and for a majority of this year compared to what it was last year. So, you know, there was a lot of factors in that, um, you know, which, which probably affected my performance and, you know, you know what it's like in top level sport, you know, if you're not quite there mentally, it's pretty hard to perform at your best. And I feel like there's been a bit of that this year. And, um, I guess with, you know, securing the MIQ spot a few weeks ago and, um, you know, having, having played well enough to know I, I have a job for next year, that was sort of two big goals ticked off and I could probably relax a little bit. And I think that helped the golf game as well. So you're talking about relax. Now I'm thinking, I'm thinking you're a good shot at maybe winning the next comp. So, Louis, do some maths, get on the TAB, check out the odds, see what Fox is playing, because I, I reckon he'll be going good. Where are you heading next? And what's on the cards? And what does this I, tied fourth do for you uh, going forward in the confidence of, of your game? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in Mallorca this week, so we're playing a very different golf course by all. Uh, from what I've heard, it's uh, nice and open and a resort course, so hopefully that suits me a little bit. Well, it should suit me a little bit better than Valderrama does, but um, you know, I, I guess I can take a lot from last week. You know, last time I played Valderrama was in 2016, and I had my worst score I've ever had on tour. I think it was somewhere in the mid-80s, and I went home with my tail between my legs. So you know, to come to play, to play it last week and um, you know, have three scores under par and finish in the top five on a golf course that I'd basically vowed I'd never go back to. You know, I can take a lot of confidence from that and I know my game's in good shape. So you know, I guess I've got nothing to lose this week and go out and give it a crack and um, you know, hopefully the form continues and uh, it's probably slightly weaker field as, as well this week. Um, so you know, I'd love to be up in contention again and you know, I, I had some great shots under pressure on the weekend last week so there's no reason I can't do it again this week. Wow, especially when you're getting a quote of twenty three bucks, is he? Um, oh, so twenty three bucks, right? In, oh, oh, it's right in your double digit wheelhouse, but oh, we, we don't want to put right too much. Alley. We don't want to put too much pressure on the bloke. <laughs> well, that's probably how this guy who's fishing out there feels with Foxy just staring at him, waiting for him to catch a fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Twenty three bucks. Oh. I think that's good money for you all at home. Hey, Foxy, talking about home. You're going to come home and, and you, you love your fishing, mate, but you spoke about it. You've got a baby now. You've got a baby now. Is that going to change things? You're not going to have too much time on the waters, are you? No. No, I, I mean, I, I hope <laughs> I've earned a couple of days out, um, having not been fishing for, for about six months now. And um, I guess two weeks stuck in a hotel room uh, with, with, well, as a couple with a with a 10-month-old, I'm... I'm imagining I might get thrown out on the water anyway for a couple of days just, just so uh, we can have some time alone. So, you know, I'm hoping to be able to get out a couple of times and, um, you know, I, I will have a fair bit of time off uh, before Christmas, which will be nice. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I guess at least with the restrictions in Auckland, it, it looks like golf and fishing are still allowed. So those are kind of the two things I, I like doing in my spare time anyway. <laughs> so uh, um, it probably won't make too much of a difference for me. Yeah, nice. Hey, mate, Just I know you probably haven't thought about next year, but, you know, you're coming into the end of the season, you want to have a break away from the game, and, and have you kind of had a little, you know, look look forward to the future, what that looks like for you and what that holds? Yeah, I mean, we've had 
a sort of a draft schedule come out for the start of next year. Um, and it looks mm-hmm. like we're going to have maybe seven in a row to start the year next year from early January. So um, I'll be, uh, I'll probably be heading away. I'll have a couple of months at home um, and then yeah, head away early January, probably for, for six to eight weeks, depending on, on, you know, when the schedule comes out properly. Um, and then it's looking like there'll be a decent amount of time at home after that. Um, you know, potentially not too many events in, uh, in well, on the European Tour in March and April, and then we'll be back into it again in May. So, um, you know, the tour's, I guess, still having issues with the schedule. Um, you know, obviously, governments still have restrictions, and it's a little bit harder than it uh, is normally in that sense to, to plan ahead. But, um, you know, I think they've at least got the first quarter of next year basically sorted and um, you know it's looking like it's going to be a bit closer to normal next year for us so you know it'll be nice to spend some time at home but you know we'll spend a bit of time prepping for the start of next season and um, you know would like to get off to you know a bit of a flyer and not not have to do what I did this year where it felt like I was playing catch up both on the money list and both and, and trying to play as many events as I could later in the year. Yeah uh, you want to hit the ground running mate so that Cancels out my next question, but I'd love to see it. When will we ever? When will we see Ryan Fox playing at the New Zealand Open on our home shores? Potentially, is you got is that in the future for you, or is that just you just can't happen with the current calendar? It looks like I think with the dates at the moment, I can't be a hundred percent certain, but it looks like I will be back um, to be able to play the New Zealand Open. I, mean, I haven't missed one since I've turned pro, which is nice, um, and I, I yeah. certainly don't want to. I don't want to do that. I mean, if it clashed with a major or WGC I was in, it would be a tough decision. But, um, you know, it looks like we're going to be pretty light uh, towards the end of March next year. So, you know, hopefully there's no clash there and I'll, I'll be I'll do everything I can to be back. It's, you know, Queenstown is such a fantastic place. And, um, you know, it's my, you know, other than a major championship, the New Zealand Open is my favourite event of the year and certainly one I want to... Yes. You know, get get a W in one day and get my name on that Brody Breeze trophy. Yeah, nice, mate. I remember last time you were at the WGC and then you had to whip home back to New Zealand to make the last New Zealand Open. It's been a few years since we've had the tournament here, but it is a wonderful event down there in Queenstown, mate. Hey, Foxy, we really appreciate your time, man, and we're, we're proud of you. We love seeing you in the running to get the championship over the weekend, and good luck in this next event, and we look forward to seeing you when you get home with the family, mate. Welcome home. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it.